everyone. Welcome to the Faith of Our Farmers podcast, the podcast devoted to the faith side of agriculture. Each week, myself, Frank Hartley, along with my co-host, Chris Elliott, dive into how our faith plays out for those of us each day that are involved in agriculture. Some weeks, we have guests that'll share their testimonies. Other weeks, we introduce you to ministries that use agriculture to share God's love. And sometimes we'll talk about biblical subjects that tie into our daily work in agriculture. Let's see where God's going to take us to this week. Hold on, let's go. Well, hello, Chris Elliott. Well, hello, Frank Hartley. Great to hear from you again, and we want to just reach out and say hello to everybody else out there listening to our podcast, and welcome to season two. Um, uh, Really? Season two? Season two. Season two, yeah. Since we had a pause in between there, we'll call this season two, so... Um, is kind of what it's looking like <laughs> at this point. And I, I think that's okay. I've, as yeah, I've, yeah, yeah, version 2.0. There you go. As I've followed other podcasters, especially farmer people, ag people that work seasons like we do, that they take a break at times, and that's okay. And so, so now we're starting sure. season two of our podcast. We have lots of interesting possibilities coming up here in the future. But we thought we would Some take— exciting things in the future. What's that again? There's some exciting things coming up in the future. There is some very exciting things coming up in the future. That is for sure. So we'll get to that towards the end of our podcast here today. But we thought we'd take a few minutes just to kind of catch everybody up on our lives, uh, particularly Chris's life. Um, Mine's just kind of been pretty mundane. But um, uh, you will notice maybe Chris sounds a little bit different uh, at times. And, well, Chris, where are you at? <laughs> well, that's the exciting part for me is that I am in Rwanda in Central Africa. Wow. And, uh, and I'm here as part of my denomination, the Church of the Brethren. We have several congregations here in this northwestern corner of the country. And it's right along Lake Kivu where we're at. And the elevation here is about one mile above sea level. We're just a little bit like one degree south of the equator. So you'd think it would be a pretty hot climate, but because of the elevation, it's really relatively mild. At, at the warmest, it probably gets up in the 80s in the daytime. Okay. And at night, it cools off, you know, the 50s, the 60s, something like that. And it's a really beautiful climate. And I've made the joke that maybe the, the Garden of Eden was somewhere near here. It's just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that. Uh, the, soil, the soil is incredible. I mean, as a farmer, I just love seeing the rich soil here. And the, the stuff that they grow is just amazing. I can't teach them anything about how to grow things. Okay. I think maybe we could, we could work together a little bit on soil conservation. That, that's an issue here. To okay. say the least, mm-hmm. but but as far as actually growing things, it's incredibly productive around here. Wow, it's really amazing. Wow, that's for sure. Well, it sounds like a tempting place to be because here in North Central Pennsylvania, 
it has not been in the eighties. <laughs> we've we've, That's for sure. we've had quite a cold spell of of negative numbers in the mornings and highs in the teens and it's been a little chilly, but uh, that's for sure. And so, and that temperature sounds just like a place I could, I could handle living in a place like that year around. So Chris, um, as we last fall, as we finished our podcast last fall, um, and, and I got busy in the fields, this is not your first trip over there. No. And I kind of lost count on how many times I've been here. It's like seven or eight times. It started in 2015 it was the first I was here. And I've mostly been involved with pastoral training, not only in Rwanda, but we have churches in a couple of neighboring countries around here. And so I've worked with them. Rwanda is really kind of a central spot, and it's pretty stable. It's one of the safer countries to live in in Africa. So it's really a, kind of a neat place just to hang out. Okay. And so, yeah. Um, the church here is relatively new. There's new church buildings coming up that we're working on. And of course I do some of the pastoral training, but also I'm involved with the agriculture and, and trying to do farming God's way type stuff with them, you know, soil conservation and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also my, my daughter Grace is here along with me and she will be getting to teach in a nursery school that the church is starting it hasn't actually begun yet, but early February, they plan to begin classes. And nursery school, I'm thinking, you know, like third, three-year-old to five-year-old, somewhere in that category. And one of the main things that she'll be involved with is teaching them English. Mm, okay. The language is, is theoretically an official language of the country of Rwanda, but most people can't speak it. Okay. A lot of, a lot of the signs around or in English and, and people can do some basic communication in English, like, hello, how are you? What's your name? You know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But as far as having really deep conversations, their main language is Kinyarwanda and that's, or what would you would call their heart language? Okay. Okay. It's really kind of comical. Sometimes when you walk down the street, we're, we're living here in a um, kind of a sort of a rural community it's on the edge of a larger town, but everybody around here has a, like a big garden, small farm kind of a patch. And their idea of a farm here is usually no more than an acre or two. Okay. But you're walking down the street, and there's some children out there, and they go to school. So, so they want to engage with you in conversation. They say, hello, how are you? And, you know, very kind of a stilted English that they will respond to them. But the, the funniest one was one day we were walking down the street. And out of the clear blue, we hear this child call out, hi, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a redneck Rwandan then? Is that what that is? I, I think that they were watching some American movies, maybe, uh, and they picked up on that one. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That is cute. Oh, my. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And it's really, the, the culture is fascinating because, you know, they're really pretty poor. Rwanda is you know, among the 25 poorest countries in the world. And depending on where you live, you may or not, may not have electricity or running water. There is electricity here where we're at, and it's very dependable. And there is a, a pretty decent cell phone signal, which provides the internet. Okay. And, and I jokingly say that I get better cell phone service in Central Africa than I do in Central Pennsylvania. <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> yep. I believe it. <laughs> but because it, it, it's, it's really pretty good. And maybe not a strong 4G, but they definitely have, you know, 2G, 3G, basically all over the country here. Okay. Okay. And, and most people have a cell phone. Nobody has landlines. I mean, that's just, this just doesn't happen around here. Right. But they'll have a cell phone. It's, it's a basic phone. It's not a smartphone. Although you do see quite a few smartphones here and there. But here in the pastor's house where we're staying, they have a, a good Wi-Fi set up. And that's what I'm working over now is the Wi-Fi. Okay. Wow. That's just so cool. You can be there. I can be here and we can still do podcasts. So it works. Yeah, and we work. talk to each other like we were you know, both within Pennsylvania yeah. or, you know, and yeah. shot of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Just like normal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. I remember back many, many years ago when I was a kid, I had an uncle that worked in Saudi Arabia in the oil fields and we would maybe once a year talk to him on the phone because the phone bill was just so large when you talk oh, like yeah. that. And now today yeah. we're just talking back and forth. You know, there's, there's no extra calling or anything. It, it's pretty amazing. So, and, and, and basically free other than the cost of the Wi-Fi. Right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. That's for sure. So Chris, what are, so we'll, we'll start from the church side. So what are, what are some of the struggles over there that you work through? Um, uh, things like that, you know, are, are there, are there many Christians there now? Are you, for lack of better term, are you competing with a lot of other religions there in the area with the people? What What's that look like? Well, that's a good question, the way you ask that. And on the one hand, the, the country of Rwanda and neighboring Congo, Burundi and Uganda, they're largely Christianized, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And like in America, you know, Christianity it sometimes is like a mile wide inch deep. Right. If you know what I mean, there's just mm-hmm. not a lot of real depth to people's spirituality. Yeah. Yep. And, and here, a lot of the struggles come from the fact that there's been a, a big push of the prosperity doctrine, mm. which is really an aberrant Christianity. Just the whole idea that, that if you do this, God will bless you. And if, if you have enough faith, you know, God will heal you. And Christians should always be, wealthy and successful and never get sick and that sort of thing. And, and, and a lot of people use that as an excuse. A lot of pastors use that as an excuse to, to have people give them money. Mm, and okay. so they will kind of prey on that. Like, well, you know, if you give to the church, God will bless you. And so they're trying to get money for themselves to line their own pockets, to live their own, you know, extravagant lifestyle. And so we're competing a little bit against that. There is some Muslim influence here. It's a relatively small minority, but but it is definitely here. Okay. And I'll just tell you one little story about that that just came up today, at least under my radar, that there was a, a young woman here in the community that had come into the church back in the last late part of last year and came to Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know she was from a Muslim background. Her husband was also Muslim, and she became a believer and was baptized by the church, and her husband left. Okay. And just basically abandoned her. And so her, her husband's family wouldn't have anything to do with her now that she'd become a Christian, and her husband wouldn't either. Now, her own parents, her well, her mother and her stepfather, did take her in. She had a, 
has a boy that's maybe 10 or 12, something like that. And then a little guy who's a toddler uh, is no more than two. And she just had a baby like yesterday. Oh, wow. A little baby girl. And so I took the pastor's wife. I, she doesn't drive. So I drove her to the birth center where the baby was born. And we picked up the mother and the baby. Also, the other two children were there with her. And another girl who was sort of a helper, nurse, assistant, or whatever. And we drove them all back to to the house there where she's living with her, her mother. Okay. And one of my jokes here about driving around in a Land Cruiser, you know, Toyota Land Cruiser is a pretty popular vehicle around here because yeah. they're pretty tough. Uh-huh. And how many people can you get in a Land Cruiser? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can get one more. One more. You can always get one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So, so anyway, we, we, we were able to pick them up at the, the birthing center and, and take her back home. So I asked the pastor his wife, you know, how much does it cost for her to have the baby there? And it's the, the equivalent of $15. $15? Wow. To have the baby, yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. I, I told them, you know, in the U.S., it would probably be more like $15,000. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yep. the, and their mouths and just dropped open like they couldn't believe it. Uh-huh. Well, I couldn't believe it when I heard fifteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you, you'd have been hard pressed to pay a midwife in the fifties fifteen dollars to come deliver a baby at home. <laughs> That's for sure. So I just thought that was kind of a fascinating little story that well, I would throw yeah. out there. But 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 also the the struggles that a person has when you have that that Muslim background and when they come to Christ and, and what that means. Oh, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it can be a, it's a costly decision. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be disowned we by don't, many. Yeah. Yeah. We just we don't necessarily get that or see that within our American culture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, quite a quite a difference, quite a quite a different different atmosphere to minister to and and things like that. So, wow. Yeah, the our churches here are relatively small. I mean, we're talking maybe you know some some churches thirty forty people. Some are bigger, like maybe closer to a hundred. But um, there are other denominations that have much larger churches. But at least for us at the Church of the Brethren, we're relatively small. Sunday morning, I preached in a little village called that We went to this, this church in the village of Hermere, and it had rained buckets. I mean, I, I would say it was at least three or four inches there over the night and into the morning. And so when we left, I thought, are we wise in even going to church, to church oh, yeah. to this place? You know, in normal weather, it's probably an hour's drive. And it took at least an hour and a half to get there, okay. but it's it's not that terribly far, maybe thirty miles, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. But half of the road is paved, and the other half is unpaved, and some pretty rough roads. And we were going through standing water. We were fording streams, and we got there, and we were in one piece. But <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. It was kind of entertaining. Yeah, I bet so. I bet so. You should have your son Joel along to do the four-wheel drive driving for you out there. He would be into that big oh, time. 
he would he would love it. Yeah, he would enjoy that part of it. Yeah, yeah. That's I have, for sure. We have Barb and I have friends that are in Thailand, and his whole ministry is uh, um, supplying uh, four wheel drive. Uh, vehicles that can drive through rivers and creeks and all that for missionary supply deliveries out into the jungle and stuff. And it's like, he's just got the ultimate missionary job. If you're a mechanic and all that kind of stuff, he builds monster yeah. trucks for God. Basically is what he does. <laughs> it's like pretty cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so that's a little on the ministry side. Now, what are some of the challenges with the farming there in Africa? Do, are, do, do they have markets to sell their products? Are they able to grow enough to feed themselves and have some to sell? What does that aspect look like? Well, I can't speak for the whole country of Rwanda, but from what I see here locally, the people do seem to be pretty well fed. Okay. Uh, they, they are able to grow food, and right over the border from where we're at, we're right on the Congo border, I mean literally – uh, this house where we delivered the, the mother and the baby to where she lives, the, the, the back of the house was very close to the border. You can see it just a few yards away. Wow. And, and Grace's, Grace's description of this was that you were so close there from the back porch, if you would sneeze, you would give the people in Congo COVID. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it, was, it was that close. Wow. So, so anyway, um, the city of Goma is right next door, and there's like a million people there. Oh, okay. It's a really big city. So there's no way that they're going to be able to grow enough food right there. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of food crosses over the border every day. You see trucks and carts and bicycles and motorcycles and wheelbarrows loaded with produce every day crossing the border. Right, okay. So, okay. so markets aren't really an issue here by any means. Uh-huh. One of the, the things that the church here is working on is a pig project where there's a one of the tribes locally here, the Batwa, is sort of a disenfranchised people that nobody really likes. So the church has had a major outreach to them, and a lot of them have, have come to Jesus through the outreach of this. But, but anyway, uh, they have this pig project where— Every family is going to have a sow that they're responsible for, and then they would be marketing the, the pigs that would come from that sow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, so like I said, marketing-wise, that's really not an issue. Mm-hmm. They don't have any kind of uh, uh, like refrigeration. They basically butcher something, and they either consume it or sell it right away, okay. and it's gone. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In a little different way of marketing than what we're used to. Uh-huh. Yeah. A little more hand alpha, I guess you would say, uh-huh. than what we're yeah. accustomed. Yeah, yeah. Sounds sounds like you need to take some of your old school butchering curing methods of being able to cure meat without refrigeration to teach them some of that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and they're, and they're they're trying to learn some of those kinds of things, like with um, you know curing ham and bacon and some of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of that happening here, but they're they are starting to work with that some. Okay, yeah, yeah, sounds like a ministry outreach in its own self of how to do that. Wow, well, pretty cool, um, yeah, pretty amazing. How long are you there for? Well, we're planning to be here for four months. Okay, which um, it's as long as I've been here 
ever been here more than a few weeks at a time in the past. And I mean, there's a lot of pluses to that, obviously, because I have a little more time to accomplish some things that I've always had trouble getting finished. Right. The other side of that is that my wife is not here with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, Grace and I have both had discussions about that, how, you know, in this case, she's missing her mother. In this case, I'm missing my wife. Right. So, um, you know, we're, we're working through it. it uh-huh. there, there, we have our moments. But And Dolores, I've talked with her just about every day on the phone. And, you know, she has her moments with it, too, right. obviously. And we had a lot of prayer and discussion about this before we made the decision to actually come. But she does have some responsibility in helping to care for, in, in the case of Frank and I, our mutual mother-in-law, who is 96 years old. Right. Or 95. Yeah. 95, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 90, 95. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I was, yeah. I was sad to see her not go with you, but I was grateful to see her to be able to be around to help take care uh, of our mother-in-law, which, you know, she, I can get into that when I kind of catch myself up, but you know, she basically, because of other circumstances lived with us for the most part for about three or four months last fall. And, as much yeah. as we loved her and loved taking care of her with trying to run a farm and a heifer raising operation and milking cows and me working away and stuff, it's time consuming. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I sure is. was very, very grateful in that sense that Dolores was able to stay back and help, help take care of her. So that's a little, re- yeah. re- little relief off our side a little bit too. So for sure. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. so one of the things we've been doing here the last couple of days is we've been husking corn. Okay. Now the corn was harvested at the end of last week and there was three, uh, I would call heaping pickup loads that came, they brought in here and they just kind of piled it in one corner of the compound where we're living at. And so over the last three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we've been husking this corn and we finally got it finished up this afternoon. We're seven hours ahead of you there in Pennsylvania. Right. So it's dark here now and you're still, you know, the middle of the day, right. but we've been husking this corn and, you know, I'm an American farmer and I'm used to having machinery that does stuff for me. <laughs> and so I'm doing this now and, and I, you know, they were so impressed that Grace and I worked at this, you know, solid for these three days along with everybody else, which to me, it wasn't hard work at all, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but it was, but it was tedious. Oh, there's okay. no question about that. And so, you know, it's easy for us to think, well, you know, there's a machine that could do this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but as I, as I watch these people working at it, you know, there's at times six, eight, 10 people sitting around together inside the compound here, husking this corn. And then there's some of it we were shelling out by hand and they're chattering away. And I don't know what they're saying three quarters of the time or maybe even nine tenths of the time but they're they're happy they're enjoying this they don't mind this they're just having a you know community church fellowship time really is what it amounts to once in a while we'd sing a little bit there's some songs that we would sing in english well they have the version of it in their own language uh it's like um how great thou art or something Uh like that okay we sing in english they'll sing right along in kenyawanda Oh, and it, oh, it is. It just makes you want to cry. It's just so beautiful to hear it. And so, that, you know, that kind of stuff's happening. 
and I think, you know, what do we miss? Yes. When we, you know, do everything individually, personally, myself, and my own little world, as I sit in the tractor cab or, you know, the combine or whatever, doing this job with my machine that's making so much noise. And they just, you know, are out there swinging the hoe together. They don't have any tractors here at all. Right. Everything's done by literally. Yeah. You know, the hoe and the machete. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And just on one hand, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of drudgery. But at the same time, they work together at it. Right. Right. So it's just kind of fascinating seeing that and just kind of trying to be as um, helpful as I can without trying to impose my American Americanism farmer, farmer yeah yeah exactly <laughs> sure yeah exactly. how can we help them with appropriate technology but not just you know overdo that in some way that actually hurts the community right right very good very good point yeah yeah that's it. It, it it we've lost community and you know we go back to our grandparents time they did that sort of thing they worked together and then Eventually, as our grandparents got older and our parents were born, you know, and machinery came into it. Well, even even during that time, and I, I've, you know, I've been farming 35 years now since I started actually farming out of, out of college. And even 35 years ago, still, for the most part, we had the community of we shared equipment. We went around and, you know, okay, we're going to, we're going to chop at this farm. And we had one chop, one farmer had a chopper, everybody had a wagon, somebody had a blower and we come in and work together, at least with the, even with the machinery, we'd eat together and, and talk back and forth. Today's world, we've completely lost all that too. We don't even have that part of it anymore. And so, right. Right. yeah, there's, there, there is something to be said, uh, uh, with Chris and I both being from Pennsylvania, uh, with the Amish community uh, and the more conservative Mennonite communities, we see, we still see some of that, you know, at a barn raising and stuff. And it's like, there's just something right. to be said about that. Amen. That's for sure. Wow. Well, anyway, yeah. um, some of the things going on with you, Frank, personally, we want to talk about and, and some other upcoming events we want to share about. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, as we got into last fall, um, my, as I've, many of you have listened, I've mentioned different times I work off the farm and, uh, also part-time, uh, evaluating dairy cattle for the national milks farm program. Um, so normal con normally in the fall as I'm trying to finish up manure hauling and haymaking and all that, that work gets busier. So, uh, and then Chris was on a trip over there, so it was just kind of the time. That, and then we were watching our mother-in-law because of other circumstances on a regular basis. It's just kind of how the podcast season end one ended. And um, but since then, just some uh, with with my life, I've had some uh, surgeries on my hands and and various things like that. Uh, God opened up a door to for us to buy a neighboring property. And we've kind of been focusing a little emphasis on that um, um, to get some work done in the houses that were on it. And now God's opening up a door for us to provide a place for my mother to actually, she lives in Southern PA now, but for her to move closer to us and, and I'd, we'd be able to help take care of her also in her 
elderly years. So that, that, that's kind of cool. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's been a busy fall winter time with, with all those things added up and, um, you know, we keep plugging away at it. I think about podcast and want to do it. And, um, but, um, now we're starting season two and plan on to move forward with that and, and see where God's going to take it, take this too also. So we're pretty excited about it. Well, I want you to share a little bit, Frank, about the, the prayer breakfast coming up. Oh yeah. In February. Yeah. That's one of the really interesting things in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. <laughs> that, that is, that is, that is really interesting. So, um, as those of you who have listened in the past, we remember last fall, uh, last summer, we had met up with a guy named Rob Schmucker. We had him on and, and did his testimony with Schmucker Manufacturing and stuff. And um, it ended up last fall, Rob out in Oregon, him and some other agribusiness people really felt that there, it, it was, it was the time and place was there to do a prayer breakfast with farmers. And so God opened up many doors very quickly for them to be able to rent a tent out in the middle of a wheat field and bring in, they brought in over a thousand farmers there to pray. And so since then, Rob and I and Chris and numerous other agribusiness people have kind of stayed in, loosely in contact and the the really felt like there was an opportunity to do a national prayer meeting of farmers and that now was the time. And so over the course of time, we had December hit. Uh, and we know there was all the tornadoes in, in Kentucky and, and outside of that area down through there that had severe dem, uh, um, destruction there from the tornadoes. Well, um, all the agribusiness people that are involved, Don Hoover, another one that you heard on the podcast uh, before, uh, he's part of an agribusiness group, um, Ag Associates for Christ, uh, that get together from all over the United States of seed people to machinery dealers and stuff. And they're kind of like the, the equipment support system uh, comparative of Fellowship of Christian Farmers, which is basically farmers. It's kind of like a, a parallel group, a mirrored group, I guess, of people who work in agri- Christian agri- agribusiness people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so um, at any rate, uh, Rob got a hold of several of us and he says, hey, guys, he says, I've been praying about this and I really feel like we need to put something together at the National Farm Machinery Show in February in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, it, it just seems like the right place and the right time. And so we began praying about it. And uh, Rob, 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 as you get to know Rob over time, Rob is not a person who puts God in a box. And he believes God can do anything. <laughs> And so um, he he tells us he says I've contacted the the expo center hall down there at, at Lexington, and um, they said they'd give us a room. And but he says I think God's got more plans for that. Um, and I said, well, how big's the room? Well, it'll hold five hundred people. He says, but that's not what we want. He says I feel God's telling us we need to have the the stadium inside there where they're doing the tractor pulling at the, during the farm show and lots of dairy shows and beef shows. So many people are familiar with freedom hall. 
He says, that holds 12,000 people. That's what God wants us to have. <laughs> I'm like, okay then. So, all right. So we began praying about it, and he contacted them. And sure enough, with a lot of prayer, and, and uh, they got back to us and said, you can have Freedom Hall as long as you're going to do it in the morning and not interfere with the tractor pulling and stuff that goes on at night. You can have Freedom Hall. So that opened the door up for us to have seating capacity of 12,000 people. And so that was exciting. Um, he was then, uh, we've, he, uh, through many other contacts, has been in, uh, friends with Greg Peterson of Peterson Farm Brothers. You've heard him on the podcast too, coincidentally. Um, got a hold of him. He said, Greg, I'd really like you to be part of this. And could you do a video for us? And so Greg put the, him and his wife put together a video uh, inviting farmers, agribusiness people, anyone in agriculture to attend this. Uh, last As of last night, uh, that video has had just shy of 17,000 views so far. So um, wow. a, lot, a lot of people have seen it which is cool. He's going to be there and be part of it. So that's really neat. Uh, we talked about, we want some music and, um, you know, who do we invite? Well, we had big, big again, Rob and his willing to reach out to the, in a big way. He says, well, we need to invite Steve Curvis Chapman, Alan Jackson, Ricky Skaggs. <laughs> we need to invite all these people. It's like, Okay, well, you invite them, and I'll see if I can work on some smaller, smaller people who may be able to be part of. If they can't, so um, it ends up. I I had here a while back heard a young fellow named Sam L. Smith, um, uh, out of uh, out of Kentucky, a farm kid from Kentucky. Um, many people would recognize him. He did a uh, song here a few years ago called The Blue Jacket, just two years ago now, I guess. And it's a whole song based around the FFA jacket and the people that wear it all across the country. It's just, if you haven't seen it, go look up Sam L. Smith and Blue Jacket on YouTube. It's a really great song. Um, but in following, yeah, yeah, it is. And in following him, following him a little bit over the last two years now, um, I've seen that he's also a Christian, very devoted Christian, as a matter of fact, and has put out some Christian albums and plans to continue to do that as he works in the, trying to build his country music career up, um, he he really wants to bring God to, the glory to God for everything he's been blessed with and stuff. Again, didn't know him from Adam. I was praying one night, who can I reach out to? And it's like Sam L. Smith. He lives in Kentucky. Reach out to him. So the next morning, I messaged him and um, just his general Facebook page and kind of explained a little bit what was going on. Five minutes. After I messaged him, <laughs> he sent messages, hey, Frank, you need to call me now, <laughs> and gives me his phone number. Called him on the phone and told him what we talked for a while, what was going on. He says, well, here's the deal. He says, I understand you invited all these other people. That's fine. He says, if you want me to be part of this, I will be there. We will sing. We'll do whatever. We'll come out a couple days ahead of time and be at the show, at the Farm Machinery Show maybe do some acoustic st stuff at the Fellowship of Christian Farmer booth. But he says, even if you don't want me to be part of this, I'm coming anyway, because this is just too cool. <laughs> he says, this is God at work. I'm going to be there anyway. So either way, you're going to get to meet me. So I said, well, that's cool. That that That's the kind of person we want. So that opened up that door. Amen. And so um, 
then uh, as we were having one of our meetings, we were talking about different speakers and stuff. And uh, um, Dennis Schlegel from Fellowship of Christian Farmers, he has talked to Chris and I different times. He knows a fellow named Angus Buckham in South Africa that uh, many of you would recognize him, if no other way, by a movie that was uh, put out about him a few years ago called Faith Like Potatoes. Um, and so that whole movie is his farming experience and, and ranching and uh, vegetable farming in South Africa and how that led him to the Lord and eventually led him to be an evangelist. And so um, as we were talking and praying about this, his name came to mind, and I said, Rob, I said, this guy may—I don't know that we could get him to fly here, but maybe we could get him to— do something. And sure enough, Rob reached out to him. They came right back to him within a day or two later. They said, absolutely, we want to be part of this. And so um, Angus is going to, he's going to record a message to send us. um, But ultimately, we're going to do a live Zoom with him. But if the Zoom messes up, we'll have a recording and a message presented to us from Angus. But hopefully, if I can, I and the AV people can work out all the technical things along the way. We'll have Angus live uh, there to uh, be part of that whole situation. So that's really that cool. That is so cool. That's really cool. Um, and then last week, we got even bigger news, which I thought we had reached some pretty good plateaus as far as bigness goes. Um, Rob <laughs> knows somebody. Well, I'll back up. So part of the idea of the whole prayer gathering is to come together to do a couple different things. That is to pray for all the uh, all the victims of the tornadoes in Kentucky, to pray for yep. our 2022 har- uh, crop season. Uh, as many of mm-hmm. you know, um, if you've gone out and done a fertilizer pricing, seed pricing, chemical pricing, uh, other supply pricing, stuff is just skyrocketing incredible yeah, amounts. It's going, the it's going through the roof. I just saw a post yesterday. Somebody had on their fertilizer for cotton down in Kentucky or Georgia, rather that it literally his fertilizer price has doubled. So it was like at four twenty a ton last year. And now it's like $860 a ton for the same amount of fertilizer. So we're dealing with the same issue here in Africa. Okay. Fertilizer prices. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it it's just all going crazy. It's yeah. And yeah. so um so we want to come together to pray about that cuz we're going to face some challenges in agriculture we've never seen before this year. Um and then the commodity prices on that side what they're doing. So that was and along with all that the stress that many many farmers have gone through over the last couple years of just trying to survive farming. Um, and bringing people together just to pray and know that we have support from other brothers and sisters out there. You're not alone. So we had all these reasons to bring it together. Along with that, then we said we ought to do some fundraising. So let's, um, instead of us doing particular fundraising ourselves, let's use this as a platform to promote Fellowship of Christian Farmers, they're doing mission trips down in that Kentucky area to help farmers, but also Samaritan's Purse. They're down there working hard, too, to help people with housing and stuff like that. 
Right. So Rob in his uh his not putting God in a box, he says, Well, <laughs> maybe maybe we can get he's gonna love it when he hears this. But he says, Maybe we can get somebody from Samaritan's purse to come in and, and speak. And then we're like, Okay, who do you want to come in? Well, we're gonna ask Franklin Graham to come. <laughs> we're well, like, of course. Well, of course. Okay, let's ask Franklin Graham because I'm sure him and Ricky Skaggs and Aaron Stephen Curtis Chapman all have free time. They're going to come see this. And I got to admit, I was pretty doubtful about this and wasn't holding my breath. If we just had somebody show up, I was going to be happy to say, hey, here's a representative for Samaritan's Purse. Well, um,. <laughs> Uh, last week we got word that no, Franklin Graham cannot come be with us, but Franklin Graham was so excited about this and what we were doing. He is going to record a message for us specifically for this prayer gathering from himself to us as farmers coming together for this. And so, so why are you surprised, Frank? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. It's just, it's really all coming together, and amen. So, so it's amen. pretty, pretty exciting. So, anybody out there that wants to come, please join us. It will be February the eighteenth. Um, during the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we will be in Freedom Hall at, at 7.30 is the actual gathering begins. Uh, we're going to have Sam. I'm right. What's that again? Is that Central Time? That is that is Eastern Time. They're right on the edge okay. of, of Central East, so that is Eastern yeah. Time. Okay. Um, we're going to have Sam L. Smith. He's going to start singing probably around 7 o'clock, so if you should get there a little bit early. Uh, he'll be there to bring us some great music, and between him and Greg Peterson, they're going to bring us some worship music during the during the gathering, and we're going to hear some good messages, and we're going to spend time praying together. And so um, it's just oh. really exciting. Uh, we also, if we can work it out, from what I understand, that week down there with all the vendors and people that are there, internet can be an issue at times, but we're going to attempt to make this a live stream, uh, which will probably be through the Fellowship of Christian Farmers Facebook page. But as I get more details, you can go to our website, which is www.prayingfarmers.com, and you can see all the information there. You can see the who's speaking of, oh, of, I, I'm remiss to not include one more person. Uh, we actually had uh, former Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue is going to be, yeah. um, uh, hopefully he wants to be there and be part be there to pray with us also. So um, that's exciting too. I, I'm hoping Chris and I can get him on in a podcast here soon. Uh, it sounds like he has a pretty neat faith story also as a farmer veterinarian from Georgia and how God's used him in many ways. So we're looking forward to that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, again, prayingfarmers.com. Uh, we're still working on the Facebook page and the Instagram. Uh, but uh, between now and then, you'll be able to go there and see where it's going to be at. And I'll be posting stuff on our uh, Faith of Our Farmers podcast Facebook page also as we get updates and things. So um, just absolutely amazing to see God's hand in this and how it's all coming together. And it just it just feels good. It's the right timing right now. And let's make it happen. So, 
Well, in Rwanda, they say Imana Ishimwe. And that means? To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Amen to that. That's for sure. So, yep. In the meantime, as you hear this podcast up until the 18th, we just ask you to keep praying for us. There's still a lot of fine details yet that need to be worked out um, as as we go forward. But, um, again, if you could be there, that would be great. If you can't be, we'll have the live stream and then nothing else. We just ask that you pray for us as we move forward with this. I think it's just going to be a really great event. And um, where the other thing to pray for, too, is where it goes from here. Um, uh, we're kind of feeling led to continue this Praying Farmers group at this point so we can be a resource mm-hmm. as other people want to do the same type event at you know, a local fair, a local uh, uh, conference, you know, uh, National Soybean Growers Conference, you know, wherever, beef conferences, wherever, to be able to put these prayer breakfasts, meetings together um, at other events, too, to uh, bring people of Christ together to pray uh, together, worship together, and um, and just, you know, worship God and, and His glory. So um, we're kind of still looking at that aspect and what that looks like, but I'm I'm thinking that's the direction this will all go in, going into the future. So very exciting stuff. Okay, well, that's great to get caught up here, Frank. It's been wonderful talking to you, even though it's been a long distance here between us. <laughs> yep, but it works. <laughs> so Yep, that's for sure. It works well. Thank you so. for the technology that lets us do that. Yes, very thankful for that technology. That's for sure. That's for sure. Chris, is there any places that people can go and see what you're doing? Um, is, is there any Facebook or anything like that that they can they can go and see kind of what you're doing over there? Um, I haven't really been putting too much on Facebook. I just did something today through the uh, Farming God's Way USA Facebook group. But, um, no, I, I should work on that. I'll have to talk about that in a future podcast, I guess, okay, because yeah. I haven't really worked at that too much. Yeah, but the Farming God's Way, they have their Facebook page out there, and, and you can see Chris helping to husk the maize this morning on there, and, and that that's a neat resource if you want to go check them out and um, I'm sure Chris will be posting other things through them. And uh, again, please reach out uh, through our Facebook page, Faith of Our Farmers. Um, please be yep. willing to message message us. Um, I, I have to say that we we haven't had a lot of response, um, but uh, we did get a. I'll be remorse to not mention we got a great email from a farmer in Missouri uh, here this week, just telling us about how he has been blessed by our podcast and what we're doing. And, um, you know, we just encourage other people to do the same. It's just, it's nice to know if people are listening or not, or if you have ideas of subjects, if you have ideas of people, if you know someone's got a great story to tell of how God's worked in their life, uh, please reach out to us. And in the podcasting world, as you're listening on Apple or Spotify, wherever, um, I don't know all the details on how to do it, but if you can uh, figure out, if you know how to do it, um, give us some feedback through that. Um, the more that you give us feedback, and, and I guess you can grade on different podcast platforms, you know, five stars or whatever, the more you do that, 
the it helps raise our awareness of our podcast up so as other people are searching uh for something um it kind of helps move them up move the podcast up the bars so um uh there's subscribe right. buttons on there too please uh the more people we get subscribe also helps promote it through that podcast platform so i would encourage you to do that too and if you have questions on how to do that go on our facebook page message me you can send us an email, uh, whichever, and I can help direct you how to do that. So, All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes. Thank you, everyone. God bless, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Till we meet again. Till we meet again. Thanks for listening to the Faith of Our Farmers podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Faith of Our Farmers. You can find links to this week's podcast on our Facebook page under the podcast section. If you'd like to get a hold of us, there's two ways you can do that. You can get a hold of us first through our Facebook page. Uh, send us a message that way. There's also an email button on our Facebook page. You can email us at faithofourfarmers at gmail.com. If you know someone in ag that has a great testimony to share, or if you know of a ministry that combines ministry work along with agriculture work that you'd like us to feature, or if you just have a good topic you'd like us to talk about, please get a hold of us either through Messenger or through our email address. And lastly, and most important, if you're searching out there today and wondering about a, a faith walk with Jesus, may we suggest you go to this website, needhim.org. That's N-E-D-H-I-M dot O-R-G. On that website, you can find a lot of good information about how to start a walk with Jesus, or if you are currently walking in the faith and have some struggles and questions, this website is a great place, great resource to go to. Again, that's N-E-D-H-I.